The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. And before we sit down, before we start, let me just quickly announce that normally the way we do our school of prayer is on Saturdays. That is on Tuesdays. But for the next few meetings until I announce otherwise, every meeting, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, is school of prayer until we stop. It may it take about five, six meetings. Do you understand? They will now start teaching our regular um, teachings maybe by the beginning of February or so. All right, so please, next Saturday, Saturday is what? Answer me now. Next Tuesday. Next Saturday. Next Tuesday. I don't know what that next Saturday will be. All right, the one after that. All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Can you just go around, greet somebody, tell the person, God bless you, it's a new year. Go around, greet somebody else. Scatter the place properly. You have like uh, two minutes to do that. Tell the person, it is still your season of the manifestation of the Spirit and of the power of God. Tell somebody, it's still your season of the manifestation of the Spirit and of the power of God. Yes. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. And now before we sit down, let's quickly take our declarations. Are you ready? I hope you didn't eat it away with Christmas. All right. <laughs> One to let's go. Now I declare. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I've been filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 I said amen. amen. You know, the way you said that, I feel like 2022 will be a good year. Amen. You know, there's somebody who will say something with conviction. In fact, this year is a good year. Amen. When I saw this young woman, I need to be a good year. Amen. The way she smiles when she saw me, I said, this smile, where's my wife? <laughs> okay, she hasn't come back in. I said, oh, I wish my wife had seen that smile. She would have done some assault. <laughs> the Lord is good. I said, it's a good year for you. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's a good year for you. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace that you have believed God for will manifest. Amen. In this season. Yes, it will. It will manifest. Amen. In this season. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. For most people here, I, I was about to say many, but my mind says most. Things that you have believed God for five years, it will show up in 2022. Amen. This year, great things will happen to you. Amen. Me, I'm, I'm not even doubting it in my life. It's, it's going to happen. In fact, it's already happening. It, it, it don't start. Amen. Great days are here for you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's take our seats. All right, there's an assignment. Um, of course. There's an assignment the Lord has given us which we'll begin to execute. So I want to explain it first of all. Then we will go into beginning to execute it. Some of us have been doing it. And some of us, what we are, the declarations we are going to be taking, many of us have um, received them and we're already using them, but it's never too much. But what I want to do to start is to give a doctrinal background, yes, to it. 
And we are going to start today by reading from the book of, which book is this one? Is it Ezekiel or Exodus? <laughs> Just kidding. Ezekiel. All right. Chapter 36. We'll read into 37. I'm going to read um, a long portion and please read along with me. That is, just follow. Ezekiel chapter 36. I'll read from verse 22. From verse 22, we'll read. And we'll get somewhere far into, okay, into the first few verses of 37. Then I will explain a few things. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you went. I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in their midst. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when I prove myself holy among you in their sight. Which verse I stop now? 24, okay. He said, For I will take you from the nations, gather you from all the lands, and bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. He said, I will clean you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will be careful to observe my ordinances. You will live in the land that I gave to your forefathers, so you will be my people and I will be your God. Moreover, I will save you from all your uncleanness. I will call you for, and I will call for the grain and multiply. Please follow this. I'm going to bring you back from the land. I will, I will save you from all your uncleanness. I will call for the grain and multiply it. And I will not bring a famine on you. I will multiply the fruit of the tree and the produce of the field so that you will not receive again the disgrace of famine among the nations. Then you will remember your evil ways and your deeds that were not good. And you will loathe yourselves in your own sight for your iniquities and your abominations. I am not doing this for your sake, declares the Lord. Let it be known to you. Be ashamed and confounded for your ways, O house of Israel. Thus says the Lord God, On the day that I cleanse you from all your iniquities, I will cause the cities to be inhabited, and the waste places will be rebuilt. The desolate land will be cultivated instead of being a desolation in the sight of everyone who passes by. They will say, This desolate land has become like the Garden of Eden, and the waste, desolate, and ruined cities are fortified, and inhabited. Then the nations that are left round about you will know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt the ruined places and planted that which was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken and will do it. Now, please, before I read verse 37, I want you to notice something. He's promising a lot of things he's going to be doing. I'm going to bring you back from the nations I've sent you into, 
I will vindicate my holiness, my holiness, my great name, which has been profaned. I will take you from those nations, bring you back to your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and cleanse you. I will remove your filthiness. I will give you a new heart, put a new spirit within you. He said, you will live in the land that I gave to your forefathers. I will call, you know, um, the grain, call for the grain and multiply it. I will banish famine. I will multiply the field, the fruit of the tree and the produce of the field. Then he said, now, he's been saying all of this. I will cleanse you from all your iniquities. The desolate land will be cultivated instead of being a desolation. He now said, verse 37, let's now continue reading. Thus says the Lord God, this also I will let the house of Israel ask me to do for them. I will increase their men like a flock. Before he talked about bringing them back, cleansing them, establishing them in the land. But in that land, he now said, this also I will let the house of Israel ask me to do for them. I will increase their men like a flock, like the flock for sacrifices, like the flock at Jerusalem during her appointed feasts. So will the waste cities be filled with, the, with flocks of men. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Now, what he said, like the flocks of Jerusalem, what he means is that many of us know um, Muslim festivals in Nigeria. If you go to the market, you know, before um, Idel, is it Fitri, any one of them, all right, you, you know the, you know, goats everywhere, Ram everywhere. That's what it was. And the place is congested. Now, something some people call overpopulation. God is not worried about overpopulation. He blesses people, they will be populated. You cannot, listen to me. Please, I want to digress a bit. Am I allowed? You know I'm a master of digression, but you cannot disallow. All right? You cannot overpopulate this earth. It's not possible. All these people, people in the world is a lie. That's what humanists say. If you really believe in God, you cannot overpopulate this earth. This earth was designed. It's not a game of chance. A few days ago, James Webb's telescope got to, into its place, and it finally did its full launching and um, you know, rearrangement about two days ago, ready to roll, to check what the earliest planets and stars that were formed at the beginning of the universe, as I was laughing to myself, you won't find anything. When Hubble went up, Hubble Space Telescope, some years ago, a few decades, the same thing, they, and then what did you find? Nothing. I mean, you just keep seeing stars in finer details. It's good. Exercise. Just be exercising yourself in science. You will never, because when this world began, somebody said it. Somebody spoke it into existence. It's not a game of chance. They think it's a game of chance. They want to find out how did it by chance come to be. It was not a game of chance. The person who designed it, he knows exactly how many people it can accommodate. And listen, you cannot cross that his number. I don't know whether you're getting my point. He planned it well. One day somebody showed a few years ago, John Avanzina, I was listening to him. He said all the population of the world at that time could fit into one American state. And he showed the amount of land you give each person. That's the, I'm telling you about 30 years ago. 30, 35 years ago, when he gave that information. That one state, now he gave, he gave in, I don't want to give you the name now, because I don't want to make mistakes. You mentioned the state, gave the landmass, and said, if you give one individual, each person, this particular amount of land around him or her, that the whole world population was going to fit into one state in America. Some believe it. <laughs> well, go and check, let me make it nice. Right? Anyway, what I'm trying to say is that God is not afraid of population. He's not. He can take care of everybody. 
All that noise because we think we are here by chance. We are not here by chance. But we are dying too early. God is ready to live longer than this and be more populated than this. We will die anyhow. People will die from plague, from famine, from accidents, from all kinds of things. And from one unknown disease called old age. Medically speaking, you can write a death certificate that somebody died of old age. Yeah, true. It's allowed by law. Cause of death, old age. But God does not recognize that. You know why? Old age is not a disease. I've left my message. Let me quickly come back to where I was. <laughs> so, God said, I will also let the house of Israel ask me to do this for them. I will increase their men like a flock. Now, I'm trying to bring out something here. The word also. Now, if I tell you that I also went there, maybe me and you are talking. I just said to you, I also went to that shop. What's that comes to your mind? Eh? Which other shop did you go to first? Thank you. Once I say I also, you know that something came first. I went to another shop before. Or two other shops. Or three. But certainly, this is not the first shop I'm going into. So when God said, this also, I will let the house of Israel ask me to do for them. That tells you, there are other things he had told them. He, he, he will do, he, they will ask him to do for them. And now, what, 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 this is what I want to bring up for you. All the promises I have read so far were the things he expects them, he expected them to ask him to do for them. Prayer is to establish that, that which God wants to do. It's our school of prayer. We are beginning this year's studies with it. Prayer is to establish that which God wants to do. You cannot make God do that which he doesn't want to do. It does not, it doesn't work. That wouldn't, that wouldn't be effective prayer. Praying is, what does God want to do? And how do you know what he wants to do? He promises it. How do you know what God wants to do? Just his promises. If he has not promised anything, you can't count on it. You can't pray in faith for that which God has not promised. You cannot pray in faith for that which God has not promised. That is why I'm, look... You hear it before, people say, be very specific in your prayer. Now, please, know the context. When you're using that word specific. Otherwise, generally speaking, I don't like very specific prayers. What do I mean? Let's, as, as, as an example now. I'm a single man, I want to get married. They say, be specific. Tell God the height of the woman you want to marry. Tell God what she should look like. Tell God how old she will be. Tell God her educational qualification. Those things are not scriptural. Because there's nowhere God made such promises. It is enough to tell the Lord, Lord, send me a good wife that you have prepared together with whom I will be able to do your will, or we will be able to do your will on the earth. That prayer is enough. Don't add to it. Don't add to it. It is not necessary. It is not necessary. When God was going to get a wife for Adam, a help that is suited for him, that's all. You don't even know what is suited for you. You think you do. I hope you're getting my point. So that's what I mean. That, that's what I mean when I say that I do not, that specificity doctrine, I'm careful about it. 
In that kind of context, I don't agree with it. There's nothing wrong with having desires, though. I hope you're getting my point. For example, now, I don't even believe, really, no, let me tell you the truth, in praying, okay, in faith, for a, if, as I need a new, a new car, for a particular brand, and a particular this. No, I don't. The experience alone assumes that it's not necessary. I can have desires. Nothing wrong with desires. So maybe you drive a car to my house, I like, wow, this is a nice one. And if I had the cash, I probably would rush to the market and go and buy it immediately. And after one week, I realized I don't like it. <laughs> so, but God knows all these things. I, I don't even think it's necessary. Now, you can have a desire. I can like something. I can tell the Lord, ah, I like this thing. But I cannot pray in faith for it. You know what it means to pray in faith? I have told, you heard people say before, I have told God. This is the kind of Christ sending me. And this is the call. This is, it's not necessary. Don't weaken your faith. He didn't make any such promises. Will he supply your needs? Yes. But what you have asked for is not your need. It's your infatuation. I, I don't know whether you're getting my point. Many years ago, there was some particular car. I won't tell you the brand. I used to see in town here. It was a new model. Beautiful. Very beautiful. I loved it. I loved that car. Every time it's passing on the road, I'll be staring. One of my senior colleagues now, he had one. So one day we saw him, we harassed him about how fine his car was. Then one day I traveled for my convention, one of our brothers drove that car for the convention. So when I saw the car, I said, who owns this car? They told me who it was. And I was a big bro that time, I think I was the president that time. So I said, go and call him for me. This was around maybe like almost 12 midnight. Of course, we, we are staying in a particular you know, place, big um, center. So you could drive around within the premises. So he came down. He said, you're looking for me. I said, yes. Please give me a ride in your car. He was sure. He thought it was something important. So I was with my wife that night, and she entered. I get, got him. The guy drove around, and he parked. Of course, just not a long drive. Just one minute within the place. And then he parked the car. I thanked him very much, and we came down. So after we left, I told my wife, nonsense car. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, in case you are hearing this, I'm very sorry. I don't, uh, you may be listening to this. Uh, yeah, that's the truth. I didn't like your car after, after that day. Now, don't the funny thing, this was a car for the previous, nothing less than six months to eight months. Anytime I would see it, I would stop to, ah, like, yeah, ah, father. If God had mistakenly given me money that time, I would have gone to buy a nonsense car. I took a ride in it once, and I despised it instantly, since then till now. In fact, one day, without knowing my experience with it, I was talking to my brother-in-law. He said, I won't wish that car on my enemy. I said, why? He said, very difficult to maintain. Oh, for your information, he lives in America. He was saying that from an American's perspective. So I wanted to wait, what would the Chuku would now do with the car? <laughs> with all his, uh, his skill. Now, I'm just using an illustration to let you know that some of these things, all right, you, if they are your desire, they are not your need. That kind of thing, what do you need? You need a car, fine, to move around, all right? You need something that you can maintain. You need something that looks nice. You need something that gives you satisfaction. Don't worry, the Lord will work out the details. People think they have to work out the fine details for the Lord. I don't believe it. In They say, if you don't ask, you know, he can do it. He thinks. Don't forget he's a father. 
Please, I hope you're getting my point. Again, let me sit on my message. I know I get uh, distracted once in a while. So this point I'm making, he told Israel, this is what I will have you asked me for. He said, I will also, which means that there are other things he has said he will have them ask. You're getting the point. There are other things he has said he will have them, he will have them ask. And those are the things he listed. And what are those, uh, those things? And that's the point I'm going to make. They are the promises that he has made. That is, he said to Israel, I will bring you back from the nations in which I have scattered you. Then he expects them to ask for that. And that's why you will find out that when Daniel found out what Jeremiah wrote, he knelt down and began to ask for the fulfillment, even though God has said he will do it. Now, and that's my message beginning from today. That is, there are two spiritual activities that God expects us to be involved in when he is going to do something in our lives. Two spiritual activities. And that's what I want to talk about. One is asking. I hope you're getting my point. The first one is what? Asking. And that's what I've shown here. Ask and you shall receive and your joy will be full. What are the things you ask for? Things that he has promised. I've already told you us. Please don't bother getting into too many specifics. Life has so many specifics that you cannot actually discuss it. You're asking God to give you a child. You can't determine God. Give me a child that will be so-so-and-so fit when he grows up. I don't know that's already determined also. You can ask. You can ask for that. Just ask for things that God can do, all right, and your heart will not doubt. This one, one thing that taught me that is this. Assuming I'm asking God for, what can I give as an example now? Okay, maybe I need a, a black face style, all right? Then I ask myself, if it brings a navy blue, will it work? If the answer is yes, I will never ask for black. I will just ask for what? A face style. So maybe I'm there praying, Father God, I did the Mercedes Benz particular model. And the Lord said, if I bring a BMW, you will collect it. Say, Lord, I'm not running Africa. <laughs> Do you get my point? But if I'm asking for a car and it brings a motorbike, I will take the motorbike not as an answer to my prayer, as the beginning of the answers. I hope you're getting my point. But if I'm asking him for a S-Class Mercedes Benz and he brings a BMW 7 Series, this has been answered. I won't say this is not what I asked, so it has been answered. But God, don't worry, you have, done, you have done well. You have done it very well. You have done me well. You know that song? Yeah, we sing the song. And if he brings a Bentley, oh, will you accept? Who wants to reject a Bentley here? Wave your hand. So that's how I do it. Anything that he's going to, that he can bring something else, and I will feel my prayers have been answered. I don't waste my faith holding on to it very tight. I don't. I make my requests in such a manner that my faith cannot be disturbed by small things. Please, I hope you're getting my point. So that is why, please, why am I sitting on this? You want to ask God for your wife or your husband? Stop asking for the completion of the person. I think it's a stupid request. I want my wife to be fair or dark. That's stupid. Don't do it again. Because you'll be asking for a fair man now. Then tomorrow, a dark man, as handsome as me, as, as, and, 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 uh, as rich as um, uh, Otedola, will come in, you know, quoting scripture like Kenneth Higgin. Are you getting my friend and say, ah, hey, hey, bro. You know, you go revise and say, God, no, black is good, black is good. <laughs> you suddenly will change your mind. I hope you're getting my point. Hey, by the way, there's a video flying around of one woman saying that she will marry for money. How many of you have seen it? Have you seen the video? 
I see a lot of rubbish things because there's a particular chat group where I have where half are believers. No, sorry, one third are believers, one third are church going Christians, one third don't believe anything, and one or two say there's no God. Are you getting me? <laughs> They're my classmates, you know? That's why I get to see all kind of nonsense. But I feel I've been flying around because I just want to say it. That woman was talking nonsense, just for the reference. She's a preacher, she was preaching in the UK. She was talking trash. Let's just clarify it now. I don't care that you're a preacher. She was talking rubbish. I'm being careful not to use bad words in 2022. So the only thing I will say is that that thing she was talking was border dash. Pure, undiluted manure. Did you hear what I said? When you get the video, you will see a preacher talking nonsense. She said that I, when I was young, I told God I wouldn't marry all my life so I can serve him. He said, but I've changed my mind. Now, nothing wrong with that. You can change your mind. He said, now nah, I'm going to marry him. I want to marry a Nigerian man. That's why I became popular. It's not Nigerian. It's American or something. I'm going to marry a Nigerian man. And he must be rich. I know some of you don't like it, but I'm going to marry for money. Sorry. This thing we call with all kinds of human beings come there. Even Baba Joshua was there for a long time. And they called him a prophet. You know what I'm talking about? Please, let's stop. You know, before, because, of course, I saw it was on social media. See the comments. Oh, this woman is real. This woman is rich. She's not a hypocrite. Don't make it look like it's a good thing. That's why I'm saying it to, 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 to Christians. Because if you see the hype around it, I like the fact that she's real. She's not a pretender. Others are pretenders. Yes, better pretend to do good. You cannot be brazen about disobedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. He punishes you quicker than he punishes hypocrites. And I'm not joking about that. Because he told Israel, say this is what you have done. You have not yet, you are not even blushed. That is the hypocrite at least knows that what I'm doing is bad. So he hides it. Please let's get that one clear. I don't know the woman's name. Just in case you stumble into it, she was talking absolute nonsense. How can a Christian say, I am going to marry for money. Okay, Nigerians liked it because she said she wants to marry a Nigerian. So you know, pride comes in now. Yeah, yeah, that this American woman knows, she knows where the action is. Praise God. <laughs> yeah, we are the real, you know. So now go and pray to people, say you guys should be proud of your heritage. America wants to marry you for your money. Doesn't mean anything. I know Nigerian men generally, on the average worldwide, they are some of the best husbands, you know. How do I know? I mean, look at Pastor Kemute here. What are you <laughs> Think about it, the guy. You know, <laughs> these are good husbands, amen? Amen, praise God. Yeah, yeah, and I'm a senior in this business, so you can imagine. <laughs> How many years have you married? Eleven. Multiply that by two. <laughs> you get my point. <laughs> the Lord is good. So we thank God for that. We thank God for that. Just by the way, one of the reasons why women from other parts of the world love Nigerian men is that they actually are real husbands. We have a culture. God has helped us with it. We, endorse, we know what it means to be a husband. So to marry a woman, we actually expect to marry a woman. We're not playing. A lot of us are very, very irresponsible, but we are still husbands. We'll go out to misbehave and come back home with money. And say, this is school fees money. This is food money. There are some countries, the man will go out, he won't come back home for days. He comes back, he's drunk. doesn't care whether the wife and children have eaten for days. That's why they say they like people from us. But please, that woman preached nonsense. Amen? Amen. The Lord is good. 
We need to correct that. You know, before you know what's happening, it slips into people's, you know, minds. And uh, it's subconscious, thank you. They will not be saying, yes, she's genuine, she's real. She, God says, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. If you want to marry for money, you are covetous. You are worshipping mammon. If you marry with one thing in mind, purpose. With whom can I do the will of God for our lives? Let me put it like that. Coming together, we'll be able to serve God better. Vanity is still vanity. The Lord is good. Alright, so first thing we do is what? Make requests. God wants us to ask. Now let's continue reading. You know we're reading, right? Uh-huh, we stopped. So he said this also. It's an also thing. Which means all these promises, they must become your prayer request, uh, prayer points. And you cannot pray effectively, therefore, without being a good student of the word of God. You will start asking for things that God did not promise. Like God give me a rich husband. He never said so. That he would do it. Now, verse 20, the next verse says, Okay, let's just go back to verse 38. Verse 37. Thus says the Lord, This also I will let the house of Israel ask me to do for them. I will increase their men like a flock. Like the flock for sacrifices. Like the flock at Jerusalem during her appointed feasts. So will the waste cities be filled with flocks of men. That desolate cities. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Next verse. The hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. And this valley was full of bones. He caused me to pass among them round about. And behold, there were very many on the surfaces of the valley. And lo, they were very dry. He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Which is a nice way of saying, God, I don't think so, but since you can do all things, let's see what you want to do. Again, he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you that you may come to life. I will put sinews on you, make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you that you may come alive, and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, sinews were on them, and flesh grew, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they come to life. So I prophesied as he, now please notice it, I prophesied as he commanded, not my own desires, but as he commanded, and the breath came into them, and they came to life, and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Now, I'm going to stop reading there. Now, okay, no, I think we should just take um, a few more verses. Let's explain. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up, and our hope has perished. We are completely cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, 
Behold, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves, my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves and caused you to come up out of your graves, my people, I will put my spirit within you and you will come to life and I will place you on your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and done it, declares the Lord. Now, two things. If you can easily parallel this with the ones we read in chapter 36. First, he described what he wanted to do and he said they will ask him to do it. The another principle Ezekiel was now showing us is that when time comes, all right, for God to do what he wants to do, another thing we will do is what? Answer it for me. Prophesy. I told you two spiritual activities that we must get involved in concerning what God wants to do for it to be done in our lives. Number one, asking, making requests. Number two, prophesying. Many of us are good with asking. We know how to ask God concerning things that he wants to do, which he has promised, and which we have learned to desire. Alright? Because it's very good for your, for the promises of God to become your desire. The other one is not very good. For your desire, you know, people say, what do you desire? Go and look for promises. You will find anything you are looking for. You will twist it. If you want your enemies to die, you will find a place where you will say, die by fire. Alright? But so let's go the other way. The better way is that fill your heart with the word of God. He said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Now, when the word of God is dwelling in you, it generates desires for you. I hope you're getting my point. There are things you did not think about before that you will start thinking of. And the truth is that many desires you have naturally, the word of God will kill them. I hope you're getting my point. Yeah. There are things you desire naturally, the word will come into your heart and kill those things. Like those who like natural, the natural man likes vengeance. Okay? But once, one day you are studying, you not say love your enemy. Do good to the one that hates you. If anyone despisefully, despitefully uses you, you know, no pray for, you know all those, you know those words from Christ Jesus. First instruction he gave us concerning prayer. Pray for your enemies. That was the very first time he told people to pray. I hope I get my point. Then immediately you start learning that no, all this one that you've been learning to go to church and kill your enemies the whole night is not the will of God. Yeah, I hope I get my point. So the word of God trains you, removes old desires. And brings in new ones. There are things you did not even want before. Just studying scriptures will show you that this thing is good. Now, when your desires are built from what God has spoken, then you are praying according to the will of God. I hope you're getting my point. So we make requests like that. Many of us are good in that area. Alright? The area where many of us are deficient is in the area of what? Prophesying. It's in the area of prophesying. Now, these two spiritual activities are important if God is going to do anything for us on this earth. Those two spiritual activities, we must be involved in them. Let me remind us again of why God gave us prayer. The heavens are the heavens of the Lord. The earth he has given to you and to me. Like I was teaching in nature last week, I said to them, God cannot bless my children if I say he shouldn't. Do you hear what I said? No matter how much he loves my children, okay, he can't bless them if, I, if my wife and I refuse. And there are different ways of refusing. We can deliberately put our hands together, no blessing this house for anybody. But we hardly do that. Most human beings, we hardly do. We refuse by the kind of activities we get involved in. You can go and read my um, sermon on gatekeepers. 
We can refuse by our behavior. We can refuse by the kind of seeds that we sow. But if we agree, if two of us shall agree, my wife and I, and say no blessing for the children in the house, no matter how hard God wants to bless them, he cannot. Are you limiting the hand of God? It's not me. It's him. He said that is the order. Because we are the gatekeepers in the house. If you want demons to be living in the house, there is what to do. And we open the door and demons will come in. And God will not be able to drive them. If God is so interested in those children, all right, that he wants to bless them by force, by force, what he will do, and he can do this, he will raise an accuser against us for all our deeds. Some people will come and petition his throne and have us killed. By killing us, <laughs> I mean, you're dead. You can no longer control if you're dead. They will now free those children to go into the hands of somebody else who will now pray for them and bless them. If he doesn't do that, I remember I told you something. There's one, of our, one of our dear ones was ministering to a particular family. And they have a particular issue with what they call, you know, this generational curses thing. All right? I've told you before that it's real, but not for you if you are working in, in Christ. Okay? But as an entity on his own, yes, it exists. But don't pursue it. Like, again, I was saying on the chat last week that God does not break curses. It takes you away from them. Yeah, he doesn't have time for breaking curses. You just remove, say, leave the curse alone. You come into another realm. You walk in another realm, so you, to you, effectively, the curse has been broken. All right? You have to just stay in Christ. God doesn't break curses and let you walk freely. He takes you away from the curses and makes you walk in Christ. And as long as you are in Christ, you have no problem. Okay? Now, but this particular family, they have something like that. And, and this minister of the gospel said to the family, there's no problem here. But this thing was caused by your father, who's alive and well. I said, if you want deliverance, I will pray you'll be delivered, but he will die. <laughs> Did you hear that? It's frightening, isn't it? Two them flat. Now that, I won't tell your father, die by fire. But for certain reasons, he has closed the door of blessing into the home. He's not a believer. And he did it in such a manner that it's really tight. He said, there's no problem. We'll pray. We'll deliver all of it. That's not an issue. But the consequence is that the man will, if you're not ready to lose him, stay in your deliverance. Stay in your bondage. If you want that, and see, get my point. It's not that I will pray in the name of Jesus, die. There's what you, all of you will just do. We'll just pray to the Lord. But in that process, we claim liberty. We walk away from certain things. And by breaking certain principles in his family, he will die. Again, by the way, just by the way, can I go aside briefly? Hmm? Now, before I go aside briefly, let me just say something. I don't know where I was. I was this 2022. I must not miss my way. This year, as a preacher, I mustn't miss direction. <laughs> what I was trying to say is that the reason why God gave us prayer is because of order which he has created. So if he wants to bless my home, all right, I need to pray. I need to give him. Okay, let me. I, I would draw the word prayer first. If he wants, to, if he is going to bless my home, I need to give him authority in that home. That issuing of authority for him to do what he wills is called what prayer. It's not just a religious activity. It is that one who can 
you know, bless you. Bless your children more than you can. Okay? Wants to. So you will give the person authority to do it. Okay, ah, God, I have a beautiful illustration. Happened in my family. My mother-in-law of blessed memory was a fantastic grandmother. She was. She was. My children, they miss her severely. And she would do anything for her grandchildren. So they learned a habit at a time of not bothering to ask for something from their father and their mother. They would just pick the phone, borrow their mother's phone, call their grandmother, or take the house phone, call their grandmother and ask for something. Now, she happened to have more financial resources than my wife and I, so cool. Spoil things. You can imagine that one day I was at home, a small mini laptop just showed up for a boy of 10 years. Why? He asked for a laptop. So I didn't see anything. Then one day, my wife ret- traveled, returned, went abroad, and bought, then it was new. You know what they call PS4, PlayStation 4? 300 pounds, or three something, about 350 pounds. And I said, what is that? Said grandma said, one of the children asked for it. So my wife was abroad, then she called her. My wife, please let me buy something and something. So she bought, gave her money and brought it to the house. So I seized it. I seized it. And I, when I say seized it, I wasn't joking. I, I threw it somewhere, and I think the next six, seven, eight months, nobody saw it. Oh, no. I don't joke. If I still remember, Benga coming to me, sit down and say, Daddy, Akin did not send me. I just wanted to talk to you. So what is it? Because was Akin that asked for it. He said, what exactly did we do wrong? He, he wanted to know. It was small. Because he didn't understand. I mean... You know what they call PlayStation for kids? And I said, and I explained it to him nicely that you have, there's a particular order of life you guys have started breaking and it's not allowed. Now, this is where I'm going. I actually went to my mother-in-law and I told her also, please, henceforth, you don't give the children anything except my wife or me authorize it. So they learned early. You can't ask grandma for anything again. That door so closed in that way, the door suddenly, we took our position as what? Gatekeepers. So it is their best day. But she likes to spoil them on their best day. So they will have to come and ask that. I want to ask grandma for this. You look at it, no, it's not a big deal. It's just a normal present somebody can ask for. Okay, go ahead. No matter the desire she had, door closed. But you get what I'm trying to say? Why? The direct authority laid with us. It did. That illustration just came to my mind, and I think it's perfect to use it. That's what God has made us in life. Over Nigeria, he has given Nigerian, Nigerians generally the authority, especially the body of Christ in the nation. Over your family. Now listen to this. When you grow and you come of age in any family, you get some authority. Just for you to understand, each family, go, go and check it. You, it's very common, I've noticed. You see family of father, mother, let's say four children, a total of six. Only one person knows the Lord. There's a reason. God is injecting something. He's injecting authority into that home so that somebody can draw him in. There's a story I told in my book, um, Worship and Sex Control, about the, a, a man that was bound. And I said to the person who 
brought the gist to me, even though she didn't act upon it. I said, get me a grown person in the family. Either the man's wife or one of the grown children, the adult children. I said, this one, I said, we've done it before. We'll break this thing in an instant. The man will be free. I said, look, it's things we've done before. A friend of mine went home, came back, told us how these demonic creatures who call themselves churches had taken over their home, false prophets. He brought the matter to school. It took us 15 minutes. On a day that I was sick, three of us prayed. I was too ill to get up. I had malaria as a student. So the two of them stood. I sat. We joined our hands. Boom! I remember the brother went home, came back. This was 10 days later. Bought, you know, snacks. Went to town, bought snacks. Called us again. What is the issue? The matter we prayed about. The Lord did it like this. So as we were eating, the third guy, the man who prayed with me, then the third fellow, you know, we're three. He's a comedian. When he was chopping the thing, he said, oh boy, pray for brethren is profitable. <laughs> as we were eating and drinking, he said, man, it's good to pray for brethren. He's a comedian. That's how he jokes. My wife knows what I'm talking about. That's how he jokes about everything. So I said, look, these are things we have done before. But what I'm remi- telling you about it is that I said to them, but I need a grown person in the family. So in each family, God raises adults up, teaches the person the word of God and says, you, it's more difficult if you're a child in the family, even though you are grown, you have parents, it's more, but the intercession, they, there's another thing about intercession. Intercession is very good. In fact, the primary assignment of intercession is to stay the hand of judgment until other things are put in place. That's the primary assignment of intercession. It pushes judgment away. Giving people time to repent. Alright? Now, that's what I was saying. Now, remember my digression? Let me digress again. Now, this was where the digression came from. When I was trying to explain that a particular family was bound, and the minister said, Pray, delivering you people as a whole is not a problem. But just get ready. Okay, let me modify a bit. There's a strong likelihood the man in the house may die in that process because he had gotten too deep into the occult and bound everybody too tight, tightly. Who will free everybody, but he's going to have repercussions in his life. Now, this digression I was going to get into. Christians think that God is all nice, 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 nice. No, he's not like that, too. You know, this December I was talking to the Reverend Father, and we're discussing, three of us were talking actually. And he said, okay, it was my father in law. The Reverend Father and me, three of us were speaking. We're just talking about the way people behave. So the two of them said, people don't fear God, which you know. And they said that people will, if you tell people, swear before God, they will swear and lie. You give them the Bible to swear, they will swear and lie. But tie a red cloth on a stick, pour oil on it, and give to the person to swear by Ahmad Yohan. And 99% will not lie. You know that? There are some hardened human beings, they don't care. They are gods themselves, they don't have time. <laughs> they are not threatened by all this one. But most people will not lie. I saw one joke this Christmas period. One man who called his neighbor. He called the guy, forgot his name. Let's assume the guy's name is uh, Philip. He said, Philip. Is it because of your foul weight loss? Now you don't go to Papalao also. 
And as he was talking, he had foul in his hand. He said, the foul not lost. Now, they not lost. They just throw go. I, just, I don't find, find the way they throw go. I mean, come and collect your foul. Come and collect your foul. Say, ordinary foul. I just say, I get neighbor. Foul lost. You don't go over loud. If anything happened to me, I will report to my family. <laughs> what name did he call the guy? I said, he said, ritualist. Can I or can I? It was, now, it was a joke, but you see, he was trembling as he was speaking. His voice began to quiver. And that's the truth. Generally, if people see that they stole your thing, you went to Babalao, they will return it while you are not looking. They say, people don't respect God. So I told the Reverend Father, I said, it's the fault of people like you and me. He said, Reverend Father, I'm a preacher too, you know, two of us are in this similar business. Yes, I told him, I said, how many times have you told people that God kills why would they fear him? All you ever say is uh, he's good, especially when you come to his mother, he will never do anything bad. Forget that thing. I don't preach. It's true now. Me, I don't preach that thing. No. What I can tell you is he's very slow to anger. But when he gets angry, even the devil, they miss when he won't punish you. Say, devil, where are you going? Say, God is about to shoot somebody. I don't want stray bullets in my direction before. It's true. Before somebody enters into bottomless speed before the time. No, 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 no. I don't want to. And I think preachers should preach that thing. You know, that is why people steal, and they call themselves Christians. They're, I don't want to get into that now. Because I, I, this year, I want to instruct people in righteousness. You can, my children and I were talking this morning. I said, listen, we're reading from Revelation chapter 2. I said, God, I know your deeds. I'm aware. I said, everything you are doing, he knows. Then went to where he said that, who over, who that he that overcomes, I will do this. If you don't repent, I will remove your account. I said, see. For the things he knows, there are consequences. I mean, we talk as if he's a God of mercy who never gets angry. The only thing you can say to people is that he's slow to anger. You teeth my foul today, he not gonna kill you tomorrow. Why? Because it will be a waste of a human being because of foul. He will wait for you to repent. You still foul the following Christmas, you may not. You give me your time to repent. By the third Christmas, you are still stealing foul. He will do like this. Somebody will hold his hand and say, please, one more year. If you steal the fourth year, you will become foul. In replacement for all the fouls you have taken. He will reduce you to a point where they will sell you to buy foul. And that's if you manage to survive. Like I said, why don't people just preach it? The problem with our country today is this our so-called preachers and church leaders. They don't tell the truth. You know, I've said it before. If the Lord will grant it to me to address CAM and PFM, and they will do what I say, corruption in Nigeria will disappear to an extremely low level within two years. Two years, yes, two years. I wanted to say two or no, it is two, it's two years. Let them just do what I say. I will compile scriptures on the judgment of God upon the thief. Decode them into simple modern day language and instruct everybody to declare it before they take offering every Sunday. But you know, you know why my guys not go greet me? Because I said it's before offering. Because you need to declare before offering so that you will not participate in the judgment. You can take it anytime you like, but to save yourself, 
do before offering. But of course, we know the amount of giving will go down. First, number of people that come to church will first reduce. Ah, it will reduce. All those deacons that work in federal civil service who steal and give, they will stop coming to church. What you are doing is a real seed. By the time the church stops stealing or the thief stops going to church and is no longer being blessed, then you see, they will start seeing the hand of God in their, in their homes. Judging, stealing. People don't know that God does things. One of our brothers passed on some years ago. And before he passed on, he put down a list of you know, obligations he had to people you know, financially and all of that. So he passed on. And his wife knew, she, she saw the list. Well, God helped him and helped her. He, he, didn't, he didn't leave her in financial distress, you know. But he, he, she knew all the obligations he had. Then one man came and lied and said, your husband was owing me so, so, and so, and so, and so, and so. And she said, I've checked his record. That doesn't appear anywhere. Ah, the guy, they got somebody to testify who was an insider in the man's company. She said, no problem. I had to do some equipment. So the man, okay, come and take. So the man came, took the equipment and went and did not pay. And she just said, she just left, didn't didn't even pray, just left the matter to the Lord. Just left it. A few months down the line, somebody called her a strange number. She answered, who is this? Are you so, 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 say I am? Are you, this particular equipment, your company supplied it to so, and so person. Say, yeah, I remember. Say, please come and carry your equipment back. Told the man, I'm sorry. They came to pick it from here. They should bring it back themselves. That man died within about a week or two after that phone call. Yes. The person calling was the man's uncle. They had the kind of truck. When God wants to choke you, when she did that and thought he had gotten away, God went after him and said, you're a foolish man. You should have known my passion for the fatherless and widows. God went after him. Destroyed. I don't know how the family found out. I think he finally confessed that this must be where my problem began. But it was too late. The uncle now said, let me trace the people so we can return this thing. I said, come on, come and collect. Did I come to support? Come back here. You came here to collect it. Drive it back here. And hung the phone and said, I beg, I don't have time. I've written you off my mind. She was not even thinking about it. A few weeks after that phone call, the guy died. I like to tell stories like this. Why? So that you know that God is a consuming fire. Stop misbehaving. When I see all the iniquity around there, I said, no, pastors, we are the problem. You don't tell people the truth. We don't tell the truth. We don't, if we told the truth, oh God, the fear of God will come upon the land. I know they call the fear of God. Some said, no, God, you don't fear him like a righteous snake, you know, you reverence him. That thing has no meaning. I'm not saying it's a lie. Did I say it's a lie? What did I say? You see, you have to have meaning to be a lie. It's meaningless. How will I I enter my house and my children just stay in one corner? Oh, daddy, we reverence you. I told you, clear this place. You did not clear it. You are reverencing me. 
And as I'm passing, oh, great daddy. Correct daddy. The ultimate daddy. Baba ni baba ke baba. And I say, victory. What I told you, vacuum this room. Ultimate daddy. You know what happened one day? Did I tell you the story? We were watching TV in my house. There was one young guy on TV told the father something. My daughter just looked at me. He didn't see this <laughs> Maybe like the father said, hey, you see that? I said, hey, I don't want to see that guy. Please, I'm going. The guy looked and just looked at me and continued looking at the TV like, that didn't happen. That is not going to happen here. And the papa very well. She just took a glance at me like, what? Somebody just told a, rever- a reverend daddy, a, a reverend daddy, they revere, you know, just reverence him. Nonsense. Absolute meaningless statement. I will tell you the meaning of the fear of God. It means you know that if you do that which is displeasing his sight, he will punish you. I was listening to Kenneth Hagin as I was driving down here. I listened to the message yesterday and today. And he told a story of why of God, the anointing of God had come upon him. He was ministering powerfully. And one day he was ministering, laying hands on people. He was a prophet, you remember. The voice of God came to him strongly to tell a woman something. He beat his lips. He said because he couldn't say it for a number of reasons. One of that, the reasons I said he didn't want to attract attention to himself, making himself feel like who? was a young man. The second reason was that the woman they said he should prophesy against, the spirit said he should prophesy against, was a correction. That your heart is not pure, your ways are not right, something like that. This woman was a senior deaconess in the church. So those two things combined, this man of God said, enough it all. So he and the host pastor, they went home. At night, he sat down to lie down, then his heart stopped beating. Well, medically, we say started having fibrillations. He started beating regularly. Ah, so he quickly called for the host pastor. Let's make a long story short. They began to pray. They began to pray. He opened his mouth. Was about, he was dying. He knew he was dying. He said he was about to leave a message for his wife and concerning every, you know, affairs and then for the children and stuff. He had two kids. He said as he opened his mouth to talk, the spirit of the prophet came upon him and he began to prophesy to himself. Of course, the words came, words of correction, telling him things that, he did wrong in that ministration. And he was telling the Lord, sorry, Lord, from today I will obey you. So the Lord told him, get a piece of paper. Write all these things you are saying down. From today I will do everything you say. I will obey you. I will utter any word you put in my mouth. I will say it. When he finished saying, he said, sign it. No, he said before signing, he said, tell them to fill your heart. Those who felt the heart, the heart was just pounding irregularly. He said, sign. Put the man's name down. Let him sign. Put his, because it's a couple, a husband and wife. He said, put another space for the woman to sign. Three of them signed their paper. Before they signed it, he said, let them touch your heart. They did. The heart was beating madly. He was fibrillating, you know, flutter, all kinds of things. Then they signed. He said, fill it again. The heart was beating normally. He folded the paper. He was telling this story as an 80-something-year-old man, and he was showing the paper. He was still with him. He happened when he was in his 30s. The Lord said, sign, you will never disobey me again. What nonsense. Like Yoruba man would say, ah, ah, nature you. I'm telling you, know, people don't fear God. Just come to church and say, God said, I should tell you this morning that as you give today, your life will not be this holy. Meanwhile, you know he never said any such thing. 
but we'll preach mercy, preach mercy until our God looks like look, look like a, you know, look like a monster, half human being. Because only the mercy side we tell. We don't tell the other side, the judgmental side. And except you tell it, people will not fear him. And please, the fear of God is not the reverence of God. And I can prove that. Say, so let him alone be your fear. Let him be your what? Dread. Why do we say things like that? To fear God does not mean, it means to be afraid. It means when you have offended, hide. It means sledgehammer can fall on you and crack your skull. And he's the one that sent it if you disobey. Remember, that's a digression, right? Let's get back to the message. I'd like to add that one, you know. Let people fear God. The Lord our God is a consuming fire. Fear the Lord, you, his saints. I like there was something the Reverend said. I listened to the, the latter part of last year. He said he discovered that there is no activity in the Scripture that has as much blessing attached to it as to, as the fear of God. That there's nothing in the Bible that the Scriptures attach blessings to as much as it attached to the fear of God. Fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no one to him that fear him. He said, he said he has counted though. There's blessing for worship the Lord. There's blessing for prayer. There's blessing for giving. There's blessing for a walk in righteousness. There's blessing. He said, but the one that has the highest number of blessings attached is the fear of God. So let's summarize it. Two activities that we must be involved in for the blessing of God to be released. The promises of God to be fulfilled, I wanted to say. One, asking. I specifically use the word asking rather than just say prayer. All of them are in prayer. One, asking. Making specific requests. Number two, of course, the requests are based on what? His promises. They are based upon his promises. One day a man came to me. He didn't come... To me, really, came for Bible study for a bad reason, but in the process, he helped me teach on prosperity. He now came to speak to me as if I'm confusing people by telling them God wants them to prosper. And I looked at him, of course, we had a long, a short, not very long discussion, a short one, actually, not very long. I said, if God, if God, if we did not know God wanted us to prosper, why are we doing acts of prosperity? I don't, I, I don't know my point. If God doesn't want to bless you, why do you go out to work? Because if God doesn't say, say he doesn't want to bless you, you go out and walk, the work will kill you. <laughs> I don't know whether you're getting my point. The promises of God spur us to things. That's what I'm going to make. If you find God's promises, look, divine healing is the promise of God. You hear me say it all the time. That old age is not a disease. How do I know? Is it because I've not seen old people? I've seen old people. And most old people are not very healthy. And many of them give their age as excuse. You know, at my age, I can't go out. At my, at my age, I can't climb steps. At my age, I don't remember again. At my age, I can't do I can't. You won't hear from my mouth. What I say all the time is what the scriptures say. It's in Psalm 92 like that. The righteous people of God, even though they are old, he said they will be full of sap. They will remain green. They will be like green plants. The Lord will retain the vitality of their youth. 
He said, it satisfies my mouth with good things. My youth is renewed like an eagle. That's what he said. I'm like an eagle with the youth being renewed. It's in the scriptures. Caleb said, at the age of 85, I'm as strong today as I was 40 years ago. When Moses gave us the promise, now give me the marching order, let me take my land. And before that, they said the place was called Kiriath Arba. And Arba was the greatest of the Anakim. Anakim are giants. So the greatest giant was Arba. The place was inhabited by Arba and his descendants. And an 80-something-year-old man led battle against giants and won. Who was it that he blessed that as his days, so will his strength be? I mean, these are prophetic words. So, from the, listen, I, I learned these things when I was still in my 20s. And I began to prophesy. I began to prophesy. So if you tell me your back is paining you, I don't believe it's your age. I believe it's your unbelief. Yeah, what is unbelief? Ignorance. What's unbelief? Refusal to accept that which God has said. What's unbelief? Refusal to fight for that which is yours, which God promised. Everything I've said now is unbelief. Ignorance. Refusal to accept. When life threatens to take away which, that which God has promised you, you don't fight for it. After two days, you give up. All of it, unbelief. Where did we get those desires from? That is to say that even though I'm 80 years old, I'll still be preaching the gospel. Sometimes I see preachers at the age of 80, they are talking slowly. I say, God, that's not my portion. You know, Pastor, yeah, boy. I like his voice. He's been the same. You know, he's turning 80. Was it, is it next month or next week? In March. <laughs> In about two months, he's turning 80. At 90, it's for me to be like that. At the age of 90, I'll be talking normally. You'll be saying that when he did preach, this is when he preached when he was 50 or 35 or the one that he preached when he was 50. You won't know which. You have to listen to the story. Who's the head of state? He said, Jonathan. Ah, he was in his 40s that time. So who's the head of state? He said, ah, Kingsley. Okay. That's the one he preached when he was in his 60s. Who, who wants to be head of state here? Let me put your name inside this thing. Judah, Israel, said he's going to be head of state. Okay, but that would be one of my, is it 90s or something? <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, 80s. <laughs> In my 80s. Because the thing has been lined up. We don't line up, of course. No, 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 I mean, you're still young. Come on, even if I'm in my 80s, it's still good. After all, that, Nubu just declared. And our current president said that, uh, I'm don't retire. He heard him last week. He said this job is too hard for his age. So the man is looking forward to retirement. So don't worry, Judah. You don't have to be it for your 40s because we have occupied the position. The Lord is good. Now what am I going to explain? And that's the fact that the promises of God create, you know, expectation for us. I'll begin my point. And then we fight for it. So my belief in the fact that being old is not a disease is not based on experience. It's based on scripture. Now that I have found it, I will pray. If anything happening to me that looks like age related, I say, God, let's discuss this one. Let's discuss this one. Sometimes God will correct some bad habits you have. Like some people don't sleep. Always, you know, always hustling. 
It's against the will of God. You must sleep. What did I say? Yes. You can't be disobeying God and asking the promises to be fulfilled. It is vain to rise up early and go to bed late. Sometimes it's not age that is the problem. It's chronic disobedience. When you have disobeyed God for 30 years, even he will be tired. Please, just by the way, please, labor to obey God. What did I say? Please, I will digress a bit. But that will be my last digression. If I don't digress, my message is not this sweet. Some people look at this man, you are too scattered. That's why you are here. There's a more that pastor down the road, just down the street. Why didn't you go there? The Lord is good. Listen, struggle to obey God. What I mean by struggle? Because what we do a lot of times is that, for example, now they say, this money, okay, Oga gives me 5000 to go and do a job in the office. I do it for 4600 Oh, and I say, just take the 400 naira, just take it. It doesn't matter. He has already written off the five, he has already written off the 5,000. It's Nigeria. God will understand. Can you see the way we are looking for excuses to hold the 500, 400 naira? That's what I mean by struggling. You are looking for every excuse to justify after all. Hey, what is it? If you are starting the office, this is extra work now. Is it paying you extra for this? Looking for excuses to hold that 400 naira. What am I preaching? Struggle to give him back. Yes. Say to yourself, Abraham said to the king of Sodom, let it not be said that you made Abraham rich. Even if it's legitimately mine, see the deeds of darkness are wrong because they are in the dark. What do I mean? If you can't talk about them, that's a good indication that it's not honest. So if you cannot go to your boss and say, oh God, if I sat in the office, I won't have expended energy like this. So this 400 naira is extra code allowance for running <laughs> the errand for you. This 400 naira, this is, if you can't say it to him, give him his money. Can you see the way, what am I saying? You have, expl- you have forced yourself to go against the flesh. It's called labor. Sometimes when I tell women, married women, treat your husband in a particular way, which is in line with what the Bible says, people start trying to explain the way the problem with Sarah, this generation we are in, the fact that the man saved, doesn't really appreciate it. I said, these are excuses for disobedience. Why don't you find an excuse for obedience? One of the things I've taught my kids, all right, my wife and I, when we were talking with them a lot of times, I said, listen, don't let your, your friends intimidate you by insulting good things. You know the way children, the way they do it. Like this, there's a, there's a rainy one, school and scam, you know that kind of thing. I said, stand boldly and tell them, school no be scam. I don't agree with you. I go go school. I said, be bold about your righteousness. Be, that, that is, be arrogant, be brash, be rash, be obnoxious about it. They will leave you alone. I don't know what I get my point. Because one of the things that young people do to each other, is they intimidate you. Look at it. Uh-uh. Look at you. You are still a virgin. Say, yes, I am. Don't hide it. If you talk again, I will go print t-shirt. Too. You, you know, they intimidate you into doing evil. I tell my child, say, stand up and loudly declare the righteousness you are doing. They can say you are doing holier than thou. Say, yes, it's better to do holier than thou Thou, 
than filthier than thou. Do you get my point? Say yes. I'm holier than thou. Thank you. At least you recognize there's holiness in it. The worst you will do to me is stop being my friend. After we have established each other's boundaries, they will not be friends. You will not respect my opinion. Then don't be ashamed of your opinion of righteousness. And the only way you will not be loud it, like you say, shout it. Shout it. You know, say, I decree so. If not, do I'm a good report. You know, say, Nami be snitch. No, they give you a, you're a snitch. Say, listen, my, I am, I'm a boy. Anybody who does evil, Nami go talk. Don't even say who spoke. It will be me. I, I don't know where I get my point. Be, you know, just be loud about it. Say, see, let me tell you the truth. In this class, maybe you're a university student. Anybody does what they say we should not do, I will be the one to tell. So let people know ahead of time, don't do it in my presence. I'm a reporter. I don't know where I get my point. When you say it like that, eh, they, they won't be looking at you for when they want to do something like that. But they say, you know, you know that idiot, he go report. Say, yes, I'm a reporting idiot. Like somebody said, everybody is somebody's fool. I'm a fool for Christ. Whose fool are you? Don't let anybody intimidate you. Against doing that. Look, there is why I'm saying this. Please, labor to obey God. Like the one you were saying just now, somebody said that you know go come prayer meeting today because Nigeria is playing Egypt. Tell that person, I say, he's the most foolish person I've heard that comes to Kingdom World Ministries. Yes. I didn't believe anybody that comes in here will ever utter such nonsense. The Bible says even a fool says it in his heart. It doesn't say it outside. A foolish man says what? In his <laughs> it shows that you are deaf. You have no regard for spiritual truth. Because if only out of respect for the things you've heard me say again and again, you wouldn't utter it in the hearing of people that listen to me. And I pray you hear this. I don't know who you are. They didn't tell me who you are. But you really the Christian. Uh-uh. 2022. How many people were here in December? Pastor Murphy sent me a message. This is a fire conference. When Pastor Courage and Mommy Anne came, sorry, Apostle Courage and Prophetess Anne, and brought the anointing of God like um, Peter and John did in Samaria. This is the first meeting we are having since they departed. Even if England is playing Nigeria, in the first ever occurrence of such in a world, in the final World Cup finals, you know me. I won't, you see. There are things you will even tell God. Say, God, because of you, I not watch this match. You say, check out. Then you go and say, say God, what will you give me since that I go without watching? <laughs> yeah, I don't know whether you are getting my point. There are things you just... Ah. I remember one movie I watched long ago. I can't remember the name of the movie now, but one of these famous guys. I was talking to one man, and there was this major, you know, American Super Bowl. You know they call Super Bowl in America? The finals of their, of their, no, is this Super Bowl that, which one is baseball, which one is it? Okay, Super Bowl is football. Uh-huh. Anyway, but it was a final of one of those things. I think it's Super Bowl or the, or the baseball finals, what they call the award series. Finals. So there was this epic final that everybody's been talking about for years. So he was talking to this man, he said that day, me and my friends, three of us, or four, four, a few of us, we bought the tickets, and then we went and we filed in, he was telling a young man. And the young man said, wow, you went in for that game? He said, you bought the ticket, said, you filed it, we filed it. He said, wow, you were there in the finals? The man said, no. Ah, 
You were not there. But you just told me you bought the ticket. You filed in. He said, that was when I saw her. Saw who? That's when he met his wife. He saw the woman. Maybe she was, don't, make it long story short. Now say so he forget football. <laughs> Followed the woman that he married. He said, that was the day he saw her. For the love of Eve, Adam did not watch. In case you do not know, that ticket is not cheap. I don't know about when they were telling the story, but this is they pay as much as $5,000 for one ticket. He didn't give the ticket to somebody else. He abandoned the ticket and walked out. So the guy looked like, you left that for a woman? He said, yes. She's the most wonderful. Oh, that was the woman he married. I know it's a movie, but people do things like that. I hope you're getting my point. I remember the first time I met my wife. Super book, walk off and I forgot what you. If you had said that, because I told her that day that uh, this question you asked, can we? If you had said that, okay, I, I, I'm available to ask you again. I was not supposed to answer by five o'clock when Nigeria is going to be playing Ghana. You know, Nigeria beat Ghana, Ghana beat Nigeria. I don't care whose jollof is better, is it relevant? <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am leaving to go and talk to the Ah, see, remember the first day I met my wife, the first day. The only thing that could have made me not do that thing that day is Jesus Christ. If Jesus is back, see, I did here. See, but why you go constant when I, do you understand my point? Why are you making me choose between the two of you? I'll, I'll follow the Lord and be angry with him for at least two minutes. The Lord is good. What am I trying to say? Please, this season, eh? Struggle to obey God. Labor. Pray hard. Do everything you have to do. Because, you know, Paul said, seeing that we have these promises, I am convinced God wants to release manifestations. He says, seeing that we have these promises, let us cleanse ourselves of what? All defilement of flesh and of spirit. Because he understands or he understood that that is the reason why the promises will not be fulfilled. Do everything you have to do to obey the Lord. When Jesus said, pluck out your eye, people say, was it literal? Cut your right hand. He said, was it literal? Believe me, it was literal. But what he was just saying is that you will do everything if you understand that you may have to pluck out your eye. That's, you know, if you know eye plucking is the next level, you'll be amazed at what you can do. After these days, it's not mobile phone, tabs, Computers, you will discard all of them instead of plucking out your eyes. But so plucking your eyes, he gave that as to show you, show us the amount of intensity, determination that should be in our hearts when it comes to obeying him. Let's get back to our message for today so we can close it here. Two spiritual activities necessary. One is what? Asking. Yes, I believe many of us, we know how to do that. So our emphasis this time around is the second spiritual activity, which is what? Prophesying. Remember, life is a battle of words. This life, the fight every day is what will you say. Many people have prayed and prayed and prayed. When they came to see, they said the opposite. They canceled the prayer. I hope you're getting my point. They've prayed and prayed. Ah, so many things to explain. You know the truth? I have learned it. God rules. Somebody say God rules. God. Second thing I want to say, heaven rules. The spiritual rules over the physical. 
the reason why people sink when they try to walk on water, you can look at it from the physical level, which is that the weight of a man, when you calculate upon, uh, uh, you multiply or divide it by the square, the area of the foot, it creates too much pressure. Physics, uh, chemistry teacher, so that the bond will be separated by, you know, all this kind of, it cannot hold because of the intermolecular, you know, all that story on liquid. When you ask God, why did Peter sink? You know what he'll say? Unbelief. Lack of faith. God won't give that explanation. See, Jesus said, Peter sank. Why? Because people are not supposed to walk on water. He should have known that even when Jesus wanted to preach that time, he didn't walk on water. He got a boat. And that long story. They asked Jesus, why did Peter sink? He said, unbelief. Why did you doubt? Fear. So what, what does that tell you? In the midst of economic hardship, God can prosper you. The only thing that will make you sink in the midst of economic hardship is what? Unbelief. That's all. That's all. It's not the price of the dollar. It's not what the hand of the naira is doing. It's not how much um, Buari, his government has borrowed. It's not how much the devaluation has happened. It's not the external reserve that has gone down or the one that has gone up. It's nothing. None of the above. Just one thing. What is that? Unbelief. And that's where the problem comes in. When it's time to talk, people talk unbelief. Instead of talking their faith. God said, I will give you the promised land. They got there and saw giants. So that, look, the promised land is ours if there are no giants there. They qualify the promise. So he said, the giants are too big. If God wanted to give us the promised land, he should have removed the giants. If he wanted to bless me in Nigeria, he should have stopped kidnapping. If he wanted to bless me in Nigeria, he should have made sure power was constant. If he wanted to bless me in Nigeria, he should have repaired all the roads. For that reason, I'm going somewhere else because the things around are showing to me he doesn't want to bless me. You do catch that. Now, sometimes you hear Christians your daddy, my wife, and I sat down. We heard adult Christians talk about the country. People who, if you're counting, okay. One of them built a building and told me about it for a hundred million naira of four years ago. Not a hundred million of today. The second person is on the same financial level. And two of them talked about how you need to run away from this country to go and hide abroad. My wife looked at them and said, what? In fact, she realized that, man, those of us who believe God, we are on our own. It amazed me that those who God has blessed the most are the ones that are running the most. Have you not noticed that? So I told myself, Nigeria is not the problem. It's unbelief. Because these are people, if I remember, my wife was one of them. They said, they're not uninterrupted. He said, but you, you have uninterrupted power. Yes, she said, but you had, I know you had to provide it. In fact, both of them, both of you have uninterrupted power in your homes, in your business places. Yes, you had to provide them, but you did. God gave you enough resources that your power doesn't blink. And yet these are the people complaining about, un, about lack of power. I looked at God and I said, God, sorry, stop crying. No, I looked at Jesus Christ and said, Leo. Because Jesus looked at them with all the blessings, eh, eh, they can't kidnap him. But they have not kidnapped you. He has kept you safe in the midst of all of these things. Where is safe in this world for goodness sake? They say, okay, eh, 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 what do you call it? Um, eh, kidnapping, eh, gunshot, this and that. 
You should have been in New York in early 2020. People died in New York. All the mortuaries were full. They brought vehicles they used for carrying fish and loaded human bodies inside. Vehicles, you know, vehicles used for transporting frozen food. They brought them out and were stacking corpses of New Yorkers. So they looked and said, ah, I want to think it's Africa. The, the, Bill Gates' wife or somebody said, they will be picking corpses on the streets. We built isolation centers everywhere. Guess what happened? After a few weeks, we started packing them up. People were not going there. Yes, a number of people died, but nothing compared to what New York saw. We didn't feel our mortuaries everywhere. Yes, somebody will tell me that <laughs> that place is safer. Why? Was, do you know COVID killed more people in New York than have died in banditry in Nigeria since? Was snuffing people off. Or, I'm talking about New York alone. People died in Italy. Died and died. Doctors will be sick. You know, doctors will walk, walk, they will fall sick. Nurses walk, walk, they will fall sick. Then they will die. There were now no nurses, no doctors. The nurses started begging doctors to come from anywhere in the world for 350 euros a day. You go, go. Begging doctors to come. They were lining patients on the corridors of these highly developed countries. Patients were lining on the corridors. They saw the videos. And the only thing somebody can tell me is that we have bad road. You don't, you know, let God not get angry. I told you he gets angry. If we don't appreciate him, he will withdraw some blessings. In the midst of it, some nations will turn around. Earthquake in the midst of this. Ah, ah. And then the person will he not get earthquake. COVID, you know when they say Omicron. You no know, Nigerians don't even know what they call Omicron. Then they say Omicron. They take and chop suya. They say so so so. so. <laughs> they tell say alubosa. They remove them. Give me alubosa. They chop alubosa with suya and then that that is it. They don't do alubosa is onion. You know. <laughs> you know. That, can you see? Is that not how we have behaved? They said no mass gatherings. We go to church. We are fifty thousand. Come and come and. It's kind of nonsense that we are we are tired. China is still locking down. Last week they were still locked down again. Europe is still locking down. But I always say, hey, leave us. And people are not counting this. I told you the story of a little girl that from Chile went to America. Say America is the safest safe place in the world. The following week. She died from a gunshot injury when police was trying to kill a man who was attacking one woman with padlock and chain. For nothing, the man just a crazy. I don't know what the woman would do. Attacked the woman. He, he just started beating her with chain and padlock in a mall. So they called police. Of course, within minutes, police were there. Drop your weapon. Drop it. They shot the man and killed him. Except that the woman, the girl, where she was inside the changing room, she and her mother, when they heard all the commotion, they just stayed there. You know, held each other. Next thing, the mother felt that something hit and pushed the girl. They fell down. She was dead. What killed her? As police were shooting that guy, the bullet bounced on the floor. They didn't aim in her direction. Bullet hit the floor, bounced, killed the girl. On the, the week before, two weeks before, she had called the father and said, America is the safest country in the world. 
The father said it because he had to fly from other Chile. Yeah, I think from Chile, other Chile or Peru. From somewhere in South America to fly to the country because his daughter was there. Listen, there's no safety anywhere. Only in the Lord that righteousness and strength. Safety is of the Lord. Like one of my brothers said, safety is not the absence of danger, it's the presence of God. That is what defines safety. It's not the absence of danger, but it's God there or it's not there. Why am I saying this? So every day you see Satan trying to get us to open our mouths and talk. We start prophesying nonsense. You see, nothing good can come out of the nation. Nothing good can come out of young people. There's nothing. School and school, they're just talking nonsense. And as you are saying it, I hope you're getting my point. It's becoming real in your life. You are blocking off the blessing that God wants to send. And that will not be our portion in Jesus' name. Can we rise to our feet? Let's just take some declarations. I want to just, just begin to give the Lord thanks. If the word that we have heard today has blessed you, please begin to give the Lord thanks. Say, Father, I thank you. Yes, begin to give him thanks. Like I said, we are going to do this school of prayer. The main aim is you know, to set the course of the year right in line with the will of God. That's the aim. Begin to give the Lord. Say, Lord, I thank you for enlightening my, me, for giving me the ability to pray. Thank the Lord for righteousness, for making you a priest of God. Because only priests of God can offer, you know, you know, can offer things, sacrifices to him. That he has made you worthy. Now I declare after him, say, the Lord is my light and my salvation. I want to say, what we are doing, listen, you know, let, hey God, so many things to say. We've said them before anyway. Please get our past messages in school of prayer, all right? But these are the things I've been teaching again and again. Please, spiritual things are real. They control the physical. Learn to walk in the spirit. Walking in the spirit, please, does not mean you're walking on the road, you're doing shmah, you won't open your eye. No, that's not what it means to walk in the spirit. It means interpret life from the word of God. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, that's it. And that, you, you do that deliberately. Like I was saying, you know, it's labor to enter into his rest. You, you are deliberate. You are deliberate. See, I've had bad things happen to me too. But there is none in which I have blamed anybody or suspected anybody and say, what is going on? No. Who's after me? You know, like I always say, can you be after me? Who am I after should be the question. Now, when they pursue person, I'm the danger man here, not you. They say they touch somebody. It's part of his body vanishes. I say, if a witch touches me, go, tell a witch who is powerful. Baba Lauda has power. Say, that man has dead you people. Go and touch him. I swear by Almighty God, his brain will vanish. Now, brain, me and the deal with you. Who has time for your, what are the things you carry down? No, 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 no. It's your brain. What's my own? If you, you're a juju man, touch me. Say, you want to disappear something from my body. As God who made me lives, your brain will vanish. You see, in a month, they will diagnose that you have dementia. Demyelating and cephalopathy. They will have names for it. But your brain will start shrinking. They will do an MRI scan. They will see that. Why is your brain so small? Nonsense. I don't care how strong you are. Be the most Ogungiest of the Ogunge Babalaos. The head of the Oguni, the reformed or the deformed Oguni fraternity. Is it fraternity or fraternity? I don't care. Touch me. Your brain will vanish. That's the one I want. That soft, whitish thing in your head. That pap you kept all day that's not letting you believe God. 
Nonsense. <laughs> I mean, I can have bad things happen to me. That's what I'm you know what happened to Jesus Christ? He warned his people. He said, the prince of this world is coming, but he has nothing in me. Now, what was he trying to say? He said, you are going to see me go to troubles. I will go to the cross. He will beat me. He said, he's not the prince of this world. Now, that's what I was telling them. He said, it is that I'm laying down my life according to the commandment of the Father. I lay down my life by myself. No one takes it away from me. No witch can kill me. I will die one day. Jesus does not come back. But no witch should lie. That say, Nayanki, Pastor Bank, you did mad. In fact, if you lie that lie, see, in case you are a witch, you are listening to me. Eh? Let me just warn you ahead of time. If I fall sick and you go and brag, you are the one that made me sick. You, your whole descendant will never be healthy. You, that is, that is the last day of health for you. On, I don't care whether I give your life to Christ or not, until you openly confess that I lied. And then you, they are, you are baptized. Two of it must go together. Now, see, it's not true. I'm not saying it is true. It is not true. Remember the guy that came and said he's the one that killed Saul? Was it true? We know how Saul died. He fell upon his sword after he was injured by the Philistines. Is that not bearer did the same thing? One man found the, the corpses. He carried things from there. I went and told David, he said, eh, David killed the guy. So if anything bad happens to me, and you're a witch, you're an evil doer, you now go and brag that you are the cause. Whatever it is that happened to me, it will be multiplied on you and every, everyone attached to you. No beside the vexo. Oh. I'm not vexing. Oh. Do I look angry? I look very happy. It's just the spiritual truth. That's why I don't have time. Bad things happen. One of my friends, the, the, the son died. The longest baby died. On the day of came and said, this woman, this mama something. She's a witch. When I kill your picking, that one burst into laughter. The, morning, the woman who was mourning burst into laughter and drove that one out of the house. Said, my matter is between me and my God. No witch can come to my house and kill anybody. That's what I mean by walking in the spirit. Deliberately interpreting your life according to the word of God. It's deliberate. Even if the opposite is, you know, it looks like um, they, they have proof that the witches, they show you this video as they were calling your name and drawing the diagram. And they were putting your photo inside and stabbing the photo. As they were stabbing, you were feeling pain that yesterday. Go to your Bible. Why will one chase a thousand? Or two chase ten thousand? Except that their rock give them up. Say, God, why did you send me? Into- that is, that's your problem. You don't care about who they are. What am I saying? This life, eh, we fight. This mouth, we will use it to war. It's war. It's war. It's war. You are sick, you will still say, himself took my infirmities and my diseases, and by his stripes I have been healed. He said, what if you die in the process? Just please, help me write it on my casket. Himself took his infirmities in this casket. And his diseases, and by his stripes he was healed. Then you bury me there. Change my mind, I won't change my mind. It's deliberate. The way this country is going, what future does it hold for? He said, listen, I don't care what the future holds. I care only about who holds the future. I know the plans he has for me. Plans for good and not for evil. To give me a future and a hope. And you are watching, you watch economic crumb beside you, you don't change your mind. Why? We are fighting. 
So say after me, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall, shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of, my life. of whom shall I be afraid? Say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my rock. He is my fortress. He is my savior. Then my God is my rock. In him I have protection. In 2022, he is my shield. He is the power that saves me. The Lord is my place of safety. Nigeria is not my place of safety. America is not my place of safety. Canada is not my place of safety. Europe is not my place of safety. Nowhere on this earth is my place of safety. Say behind those fence walls, that's not my place of safety. The Lord is my place of safety. Say it again, my God is my place of safety. I call upon the Lord. Say right now, I call upon him. I declare him. I declare his name. Say my God, you are my place of safety. Lord, you are my safety. You are my protection. God of the universe. Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. In you I have safety. In you I have protection. Against every deadly disease, against every bullet, against every fire, against every earthquake, against every natural disaster, against every attack of the enemy. In you I have safety. Say, I call on you, Lord. You are worthy of praise. And you save me for all my troubles. Say, I love you, Lord. You are my strength. Say, thou, O Lord, art a shield around me. You are my glory and the lifter of my head. Let's talk about him. Say, there is none like the God of Israel. There is none like my God. He rides the heavens to my help and through the skies in his majesty. And through the skies in his majesty. Say, the eternal God is my dwelling place. And underneath me are his everlasting arms. He has driven out the enemy from before me. He said, let destruction overtake them. So I dwell in safety. The fountain of my life is secluded in a land of grain and new wine. My land is prosperous. The heaven over me drops down dew. Say it, I live under open heavens. Say, I am blessed. My home is blessed. My family is blessed. I am blessed. My home is blessed. My family is blessed. Say, enemies cringe from before me. Troubles run away from me. Say, I'm an overcomer. I'm a winner. Say, there is none like you, O Lord. You are great. And great is your name in might. I want us to read everything. Open to Jeremiah chapter 10. I want us to lift up the name of the Lord. It's so important. Jeremiah chapter 10. Anytime I say Jeremiah chapter 10, my children, they don't bother. 
They didn't know open their Bibles. <laughs> you know why? They all know it by heart. Only two people don't know it very well by heart. That is their mother and their father. <laughs> My wife has denied me right away. Actually, I also know it by heart. Just that, you know, in the house, we use a different version, a simpler version. In Kingdom, we use another version. So the two of them, they jump from my head. I also know it by heart, amen? My wife wants to leave me alone in the land of ignorance. I lie, I'm not great. The two shall become one flesh. <laughs> Verse 6, are you there? All right, everybody, I want us to read it together. You won't repeat after me. We'll just read it together. Please, use a New American Standard Bible if you can. If you don't have, the person beside you has from verse 6. If you have, I want us to read it together. Because what we are doing, we are lifting up the name of God. Let me just teach us something again. It's a reminder. We know it already. Over every situation, learn to lift up the name of the Lord. It's crucial. You know, sometimes we mistakenly, you know, with negligence, we lift up somebody else. Like now, there's trouble, maybe, in Enugu. So what is Buhari doing? It's an insult to God. I hope you're getting my point. Because you are saying safety is of Buhari. Over every situation, lift up the name of the Lord. You're looking for work. That is, you want to be productive. You want to work for somebody or you want to do a business or whatever it is. Lift up the name. Don't lift up the name of Nigeria. The economy of this country. That's why a young man will not prosper. It's nonsense talk. It's rubbish talk. Absolute rubbish talk. Lift up the name of the Lord. The Lord is my supply, is my provider, is my shepherd. I will not lack. You go to the first office, you apply for a job, they don't employ you there. Go back home. Say, Lord, you are my provider. You are my supplier. You open doors for me. I will not lack. They are not the ones that rejected me. You are the one that did not give me a job there. There was one scripture. I've also quoted, I think, uh, was it on Saturday? Beautiful scripture. There's a second one. They're saying the same thing. All right? He said that God provides them, we go and gather. He said, he said something also, the same one he said, that the lions in the evening, they get up to go and take the food that God has provided. It's God that provides. If God says the lion will go hungry, he will go hungry. With all his strength, he will go hungry. He will pursue, 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 pursue. As before, as, ah, the antelope will escape. They will cut the antelope. Two tigers will come, remove the antelope from here, and eat it while he's watch. You will, they go, you'll send five, 15 hyenas. They will surround the lion. Scare the lion, take the, the prayer and run away. You can only receive that which God has given. Bear that in mind and lift up the name of God all the time. Remember I taught us something last year. Please, let's continue doing it. Lift up the name of the Lord every time. You wake up in the morning, do it. You wake up at night, do it. You are going to bed, just simple thing. Lord, you are, the, you are the Lord of the universe. You are the Lord of my nation. You are the Lord of my city. You are the Lord of my compound. You are in charge. You are God. You are God. There's no other God. All of that gods, they will bow. Say, so you have sworn. The word has gone forth from your mouth in righteousness. I will not turn back. To you, every knee will bow. Just say simple things like, Jesus, you are Lord. Jesus, you are Lord. Jesus, you are Lord. Are we there? Let's read it together again. Jeremiah chapter 6. Chapter 10, from verse 6. We're going to read to verse 16. 11 verses there. One, two, let's go. There is none like you, O Lord. You are great, and great is your name in might. Who would not fear you, O King of the nations? Indeed, it is your due. For among all the wise men of the nations, and in all their kingdoms, there is none like you. 
but they are altogether stupid and foolish. In their discipline of delusion, their idol is wood. Beaten silver is brought from Tarshish, and gold from Ophaz. The work of a craftsman, and of the hands of a goldsmith. Violet and purple are their clothing. They are all the work of skilled men. But the Lord is the true God, is the living God, and the everlasting King. At his wrath, the earth quakes, and the nations cannot endure his indignation. Ten again. But the Lord... Wait, we are in the verse ten again. One, two, let's go. But the Lord is the true God, is the living God, and the everlasting King. At his wrath, the earth quakes, and the nations cannot endure his indignation. Read it again. But the Lord is the true God, is the living God, and the everlasting King. At his wrath, the earth quakes, and the nations cannot endure his indignation. Verse 11. Thus you shall say to them, The gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. It is he who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom, and by his understanding he has stretched out the heavens. When he utters his voice, there is a tumult of waters in the heavens, and he causes the clouds to ascend to the end of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain and brings out the wind from his storehouses. Every man is stupid, devoid of knowledge. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his idols. For his molten images are deceitful, and there is no breath in them. They are worthless, a work of mockery. In the time of their punishment, they will perish. The portion of Jacob is not like this, but the maker of all is he. And Israel is the tribe of his inheritance, and the Lord of hosts is his name. Amen. Amen. I said amen. amen. I wanted to read this again, please. Everybody, if you go down to that verse, um, um, go back up to verse 11. It says, thus you shall say to them. That thing that it says you shall say to them, I want us to prophesy it over 2022. Did you hear that? That in this nation, this scripture will be fulfilled. In this year, this scripture will be fulfilled. Now, what he said, thus you shall say to them, is what we are declaring. One, two, let's go. The gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. One more time. The gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. For the last time, the gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. In this year, they will perish. In the name of Jesus Christ. We declare that Jesus will be exalted. Say it again. Jesus will be exalted. Say, Jesus will be exalted. In this nation, Jesus will be exalted. Say, in my life, Jesus will be exalted. Say, this new year is the shining of the glory of God over my life. Say, this new year is for the shining of the glory of God over my life. In the name of Jesus. Now I want to say something. Say, this year, People will look at me, and they will glorify God. Say that at least five times. Say it at your own time. Prophesy this year. People will look at me, and they will glorify God. God will do something great in my life. He will use me to showcase His mercy. He will use me to showcase His glory. He will use me to showcase His might. He will use me to showcase His power. This year, I will be a demonstration of the goodness of God. 
I will be a demonstration of the righteousness of God. I will be a demonstration of the mercy of God. I will be a demonstration of the mercy of God. That will be my portion this year in the name of Jesus. That is the thing that's most important to me, that I will reflect the glory of God. I will shine forth to the glory of God. That God, people will look at me and say, your God is good. Indeed, God is merciful. They will look at me and say, indeed, God is good. They will look at me and say, indeed, God is merciful. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we give you thanks for this evening. Because indeed you are good. My, my desire is that, like I said earlier, we are going to take declarations like this every, for the next, that's Tuesdays, Saturdays, it's just school of prayer. We'll, I will repeat some of this next time. Then God helping us, I think I will talk less and then we'll declare more. Listen, we must not get it wrong when it comes to what? Prophesying. Please, there's that one little book I have this on the internet. We don't have it in print now. It's titled Prophesy. Just download it. Go to our website. For those who are listening, it's pastor.ng slash en slash books. Just type that in. You will get to our books page. Scroll down towards the bottom. You'll find the book Prophesy. It's a small book. To enter into your device in less than one megabyte. Please read it. This thing I explained it inside there. You must learn to prophesy. Prophesy is not your desire. It's the word of God you are declaring. What you declare may not happen in one day. You, Moses did not just strike the Red Sea and it parted. No. People think he did that. That's not what he did. He lifted up his rod over it for hours. For hours. His rod was lifted over the Red Sea. And that caused the wind to keep on beating. You have to lift up the... Listen to the series we titled The Rod of God. You have to lift that rod over your life with prophetic declarations. What do I declare? Don't worry. Just carry scripture and read it out. Everything we have declared now, it is just... It's, I, I, I didn't give you the references. It's scripture we're just reading out. We started from Psalm 27. Went to Psalm 21. Went to Psalm 18. Went to Psalm 3. We just kept... Then went to Deuteronomy chapter 33. We just kept on taking it. Jeremiah chapter 10. Just in scripture. It's not desire. Once God speaks it first and you repeat it, power is released. Just make sure he said it first. Like Paul said, because he has said, we can boldly say. Whatever we say must be based upon that which he has spoken. The word of God is alive. When God wanted to create stars and everything, he spoke words. They gave us bits of those words and said, speak this over your life. And you will see powerful new creation all around you. Declare one or two things before we go. Say this here. Is righteousness for me. I will walk in righteousness. I will walk in holiness. I will walk in the plan of God. I will walk by the word of God. Say this year is health for me. Total health from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Say this year is protection for me. Deliverance for me. Say, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I will fear no evil. Evil will not come upon me. Say, no weapon fashioned against me will prosper. Let's put it like this. If they point a gun at me, it will not go off. Simple. It will not work. No gun aimed in my direction. Say, no gun aimed in my direction. We succeed. we succeed. Simple. Say, if I sit on the bomb, 
It will not go off. It will not go off. Simple. <laughs> Say, safety is my portion. Safety is my portion. This year, this year, I will be protected from all evil. This year, my life will be full of testimonies. Say, beginning from now, testimonies. Beginning from now, testimonies to the glory of God. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Just give thanks again for another one minute. Father, we thank you. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. We will take whatever announcement we need to take again next time. I want us to just quickly close now. Please remember, next Saturday is what? School of prayer. Normally, it's our regular teaching days, but we will start our teachings later. We need to pray. We are going to pray for the nation, but we are going to prophesy. That's what we are doing mostly. We are doing what? Prophesying. What is prophesying? Is issuing forth the word of God, releasing the power of God with our mouths onto the earth so that physical things can be conformed to the eternal plan of God. That's what it is. So please, Saturdays will be here again. Tuesday will do the same thing again. And please, take time out on your own. Read scriptures out. Lift up the name of God over your circumstance, over this nation. Help the country, over the region. What is going on? They are just trying to cause anarchy. You can see, the, the people that are saying, they, they, they have no agenda, they have no plan. At all. But we refuse them. We refuse anarchy. Amen. We refuse disorder. Amen. We will live in peace. Amen. We cast out disorder. Amen. We speak to that disorder spirit. Get out in Jesus' name. Amen. Out of Enugu, get out in the name of Jesus. Amen. We prophesy over Anambra, peace in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We prophesy over every state in this region, peace in the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, why are we saying it? We desire to live in peace as you have promised. He said, in peace will I lay me down and sleep. For the Lord alone makes me dwell in safety. Yes, peace is our portion. God said we should pray for the leaders of the land so that we can live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness. So God wants us to have peace. That's why we prophesy. So peace is our portion in Jesus' name. Now let's share the grace in fellowship. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we are passed out of death and we are passed into life. We are passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We are passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil. Because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of the demonstration of the Spirit and of the power of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. Can you please bless five people around you? Say 2022 is your season of the demonstration of the Spirit and of the power of God. In the name of Jesus Christ. There are four more people. Three to go. Six. All right, the last one for yourself. 2022 is my season of the demonstration of the Spirit and of the power of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, Happy New Year, everybody. God bless you.